Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today. Okay, this is a food category we have never covered in 315 episodes. I can't even wait. We're talking cookie dough. I know, like everyone that's listening just went, oh, yes. And not only is this, this isn't just normal cookie dough. This is like amazing cookie dough with some amazing flavors like birthday cake cookie dough. I know, I've never even, I couldn't imagine. Um, Cookies and cream cookie dough, pinata party cookie dough, Peanut butter, monster cookie. I mean, tuxedo brownie. Like, I, I, you're not even going to believe all these different flavors. Um, and I'm so excited, and I'm hungry, and like, I could buy all of them. I'm looking at all of them on my screen right now, um, and eat all of them. But on the podcast today is Erica Rankin. She is the founder and CEO of Brodo, and she's also known as Cookie Dough Girl. Erica, it's so great having you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so honored to be the first cookie dough uh, company on here. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Seriously, I've covered so many food categories and beverage categories and never cookie dough. So I'm so excited. Thanks for being here. Um, Erica, tell, tell us a little bit about your background. I saw you, you know, you really had a focus in fitness and, and diet before starting your own business. But give us a little bit of that story and then what led up to starting Brodo. Yeah, so I'll give you a rundown. Basically, I went to school for psychology, graduated that, um, worked in research for a year and a half, did not enjoy it, um, got into personal training. So I got my certification, started doing that on the side. Um, I competed in multiple bodybuilding competitions back in 2018. Wow. Fitness is just something that I was really drawn to. Um, and yeah, I competed, fell in love with the community and I fell in love with better for you food products. And I have the biggest sweet tooth ever. Like I <laughs> love all, all things, sugar, like cake, cookies, cookie dough, like everything. Um, but when I was competing, I couldn't have all those things in my diet. Right. Um, so I would basically recreate my favorite things and like put a healthy spin on them and make them something I could incorporate into my everyday eating. Um, Wow. And I guess, yeah, the, the idea for me to launch my own business didn't really come about until 2019 when I went backpacking through Southeast Asia and I met like tons of entrepreneurs from all over the world who were, yeah, they all had their own businesses and were living their lives and were so happy and passionate. And it was something that I've never seen before, like growing up in a small town, being surrounded by people who worked the traditional nine to five job, like my sister, my parents, my friends. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah. So I got home and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't know that I could do this. I'm going to start this. Um, so I guess I sat down with myself and I was like, what am I passionate about? What is Canada missing? And uh, Brodo was born. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So you have a sweet tooth and you, you want to start your own business and you know, there's gonna be the health angle to it, which is awesome. How did you decide cookie dough? Yeah. So cookie dough for me has always been a super nostalgic treat. Like 
when my mom would ask me and my sister who wants to lick the bowl, like we would fight over it. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's like that. It's the question that everyone loves to hear as a, as a kid. Right. And sure. um, my neighbor's mom, she was a baker and uh, we would always be over there, like eating like gosh, like fondant and cookie dough and cake batter and whatnot. And I would feel so sick afterwards. <laughs> so I guess I just wanted to like bring that back, like that childhood treat back. Um, but in a healthier way. And my company's mission is to create a world where someone can eat an entire jar of cookie dough and still feel good about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that. And I love it. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Okay. So that's great. Um, And what I love about it is it's so like, you know, everyone listening has probably had cookie dough, right? And so they probably have a favorite flavor or a memory of of cookie dough. I don't know. It's just something, it's an interesting um, product because, you know, it usually comes along with either a special event or or other. Um, What you've though, you've made this very accessible though. I mean, because it's healthy and better for you. I mean, you could have this anytime, right? I mean, this doesn't have to be just a dessert treat. Yeah, you can incorporate it into your everyday eating if you'd like. Like I have, I would say majority of my customers are uh, fitness advocates and they they work out regularly and they put it in their protein smoothie or on their oatmeal or in their yogurt. It's kind of like... I don't know that little that little nice sweet touch that you need to to a meal, right? <laughs> Love it. So, okay, cool. So you narrow down the focus. You decide this is where you're going to go. How do you go from you know making cookie dough in a kitchen to figuring out how to make healthy cookie dough and then making it product ready? Like, how did you transition through that, and how did you work through those challenges? I guess I started experimenting with things in my kitchen, um, throwing things in a bowl. It was super, I guess, small, small batch. (laughs) I was trial and error and like giving samples to my friends, my family, seeing if they liked it. Um, And then the next step was to kind of find suppliers and like make it scalable, right? And do it in like a 20 quart bowl. And I remember like the first time going to the kitchen and trying to, I guess... um, replicate the smaller formula in a bigger size was a nightmare. Like (laughs) I put too much stuff in the mixing bowl. There was flour going everywhere. The owner of the kitchen was there and I was like so embarrassed because it was just a complete mess. And I wasted so many ingredients because I just was trying to make it work. But I guess as time went on, I got used to it and I got in a rhythm of things. And now like I can do it with my eyes closed. (laughs) Wow. And so, so, and okay, so that's how you figured out the mix, but how do you scale that? You know what I mean? Like, what? How do you how do you scale beyond a couple of orders to lots of orders? Yeah. So again, like I I always say this, I pretend to be bigger than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm basically yeah, like through social media and everything. Um, But I'm pretty transparent with with the stage of my business. Sure. Um, I uh, yeah. So I rent a commercial kitchen by the hour, and I used to go in like once a month, maybe I make like a couple hundred jars. Now I usually go in once or twice a week. Um, just because I've been having so many orders and totally. I have a friend come in and helps me. Yeah. So it's, it's like speed is picking up. I'm getting a lot more orders than I did last year. Um, which I'm thankful for and I'm going through these growing pains. So the next step now is for me to, um, 
have a co-manufacturer. Totally. Totally. That's where I was going. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. Like I'm, (laughs) I found one, um, they're willing to make my products. I'm going to be working with their R and D team and I will no longer be making cookie though. (laughs) (laughs) You know what though? It's so cool. And I've had other entrepreneurs in this, in the food space on, um, with other products, obviously. And, and, and several of them have come up like you have, you know, like, Hey, making it a kitchen, then like renting kitchen space and then like get into co-packer. That's how a lot of times you have to get started until you get the orders there you know what i mean totally yeah and you have to like get the momentum going get the demand up because again like these commands they have minimums and even like the the amount of volume that i have right now um a lot of the co-manufacturers i spoke with they're like no that's still not at our minimum our minimum is five thousand kilograms per skew or whatever which is so crazy and it's a ton of money you need up front for that so wow totally agree um how did you figure out packaging or was it is have you you've kept it simple obviously to begin with um but what does that look like how have you sorted through that how have you figured out like pack sizes and things like that to at least get started um yeah so that again like i've been really scrappy and another thing that i love is done is better than perfect like right. i sat for so long at the beginning and i think people need to understand like especially if you're at looking to start a CPG brand, your brand can evolve. It's not going to stay the same forever. So the packaging you have that you launch with, is not going to be the end product. Um, so I, I have my, I did my labels on like Photoshop myself, like anything like I Googled like stock art, uh, cookie and like remove the background and like drag and drop. And yeah, so I made my own (laughs) labels on Photoshop. Um, (laughs) And uh, ordered them online, got them shipped in, and then I ordered like just plastic jars from Uline. Um, yeah, totally. And uh, just been manually sticking labels on jars, and I, I understand that that's not scalable. So now, like when I go to retail this year, um, I understand that I need to have someone do my labels and my packaging professionally because it really matters in stores. Like, you need right. someone to want to pull your product off of a shelf. You need it to look really nice and um, interesting to people and educate the consumer as well about the the product itself um so i I have a team like a brand development agency and they're like basically giving my my brand a facelift like the logo the packaging i'm getting a new website made wow Um, yeah so they're kind of doing everything for me and i'm really excited to see the the final product yeah i love that we're talking to you now you know what i mean like i feel like you're you've hit not you hit the stage where you're about to evolve into like, you know, Brodo two, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the next revision with new label, new pack, um, like pro like retail ready. That's pretty. Now, how has that come? So obviously you've been selling online, which I love. Um, and I've seen lots of pictures of orders and whatnot. It's so exciting for you. Um, what does it look like getting into retail? How have you approached retail? So retail is uh, a little scary for me. I'm not <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> it's just that the volumes could be here. Driving that's where you've really got to manage, right? Yeah, uh, like it's yeah, and I think like as I get a command and everything, like my problems are gonna go away or it's gonna get easier. But that's not the case. They just show up in other ways. Sure. Um, but like I, I have a growth partner now, and basically he's like a, a hands-on broker. He has partnerships with retail stores across. North America. So he has got me um, locked into certain retail stores. And then I have a distributor lined up. And then in terms of like launching into retail, we're trying to figure out how long it's going to be for the co-man to 
I guess, work on my product and do the first production run. And they say 12 weeks, but I live in Ontario and we're not handling COVID very well. So, <laughs> Oh no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long it will be. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, but that's exciting. I, and I just, I feel like again, you know, a unique, you have a unique niche. Um, I think there could be other interesting retail outlets that would want your product as well, which would be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, that's great. So how have you built your brand? How have you made a, built awareness for, for your product beyond friends and family? I've been very lucky. I've had a lot of organic reach. Like maybe since I launched my company, I've invested like $600 into marketing, maybe. That's, that's <laughs> it. it. Oh my God, I know. It's pretty unheard of. Wow. In 2021, I haven't spent a dollar. Uh, maybe. Okay. So I spent $150 this year. I spent <laughs> some <laughs> Oh my God. I sent a Our li- listeners are rolling their eyes right now. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, and then, you know what, though? So there's, there's people listening going, oh my God. That's so, like, not, you haven't spent very much, and yet you've grown and you're getting into retail. So imagine the possibilities. Like, that's what there are, are individuals listening that are going, oh my gosh, imagine like what that next iteration will look like for you. <laughs> Yeah, just wait till I start actually spending money in marketing. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's great. Um, so how's the word gotten out? Word of mouth? Yeah. So I think like there's a, there's a bunch of different factors that go into it. Like I think the customer experience that I have, like doesn't compare to a lot of other companies. Like I take the time to handwrite notes and when people get those, they post them on Instagram, they tell their friends. And I think just a lot of organic, like word of mouth, um, has definitely helped me. I did spend a little bit of money on paid ads last summer. Like I think maybe right when the pandemic kind of struck in spring, just before summer. Um, and, uh, a lot of people are at home, they're sitting on their couch, scrolling on Instagram and Facebook and seeing my ads. And I kind of, since that moment, um, it's just kind of been a snowball. And then this year has been TikTok. Like I was so <laughs> against it for so long. Like I, I didn't want to be that person. I was like, no, nope, that's for kids. I don't want to go on there. Right. But it's, <laughs> it's a missed opportunity. Like it's, it's where my customers are it's where they spend the most time so i gotta get on there right and uh, it's free so <laughs> that's pretty awesome i yeah. love it you go to school to be a therapist and then you start a cookie dough company that's yeah, about to explode exactly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um and so one thing about cookie dough is how you eat it right you know there's all like with regular cookie dough there's like do you eat it raw or do you bake it like how, how do most people eat your cookie dough <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's marketed and sold. Um, it's like meant to be eaten straight from the jar, but you can bake Yum. cookies out of it. I've had people like, as I mentioned earlier, like put it on their oatmeal. I've had people make truffles out of it. Um, uh, a girl made a cake pops the other week, which I thought was Ooh. so cool. She like dipped it into chocolate on like a Yum. little stick, which I thought was fun. That's pretty cool. I love that. Um, Very, very cool. Uh, I always love to ask our listeners, or our our listeners, our guests, um, what have been a couple of the biggest lessons learned in getting a business started? You're in that early stage um, phase of growing a business. um, And you've shared a couple pieces of advice already, but what would be things you'd share with our listeners in terms of what you've learned since starting Brodo? 
I think like always putting your customers first, like has gone such a long way for me. I'm like really, really caring about them because without them, you don't have a business. <laughs> right. And uh, there have been some times where I had some oopsie moments, especially like early on in my journey, like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> product going bad and like me shipping it to oh, no. packages getting lost. And I think just like also humanizing the business and showing people that you're a person, you're not just like this big corporation they're more forgiving. Right. Um, yeah. So just, just putting your customers first and if there's anything that goes wrong or if like with CPG, if you need to replace something, um, I would do it early on, like always put them first. Um, cause you want them coming back. Right. Totally. And then I think the other thing too, like for me, I like, I always say this, I call myself a forced extrovert. Like I spent so long, I guess, sitting on the sidelines, not contributing, like even in school growing up, like I never raised my hand. I was a quiet kid. And I think like when you start a business, you can't be like that. <laughs> You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to learn anything. Um, and I went like eight months um, being an entrepreneur without using LinkedIn, without networking, um, without putting myself out there. And I got to the point where I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to grow the business. My wheels were spinning. I didn't know who to turn to. Um, and then that's when I got on LinkedIn and I was like, oh my gosh, what was I so scared of? Like, I'm learning so much. Totally. Just not being afraid to ask for help. Like, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Like, everyone starts somewhere. And uh, it's funny because I'm talking to a girl now and she is um, just starting her business. And she had all the same questions that I had when I first started. And I was like, they're more common than you think. And right. some people are just too scared to ask them because they have an ego. But if you don't ask them, you're not going to learn, right? Totally agree. That's so, so valuable. And you're right. I mean, you do have to put yourself out there, right? Otherwise, you know, you're not going to open yourself up to possibilities. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Erica, share with our listeners where they can find you, where they can connect with you, buy your product, etc. Yeah. So if you're in Canada, and I'm sorry if you're American because I can't go into the States yet, <laughs> you can buy from brodo.ca. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram, Brodo Canada, and feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Erica Rankin. I love it. Erica, thanks so much for being on the podcast. So you must come back on. Like I, We're going to follow your progress and growth. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see you grow outside of Canada into the US and even beyond. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to be back on. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.